0: Welcome back to Beyond Well. I'm Sheila Hamilton along with Dr. Brian Goff. Hello, Brian. Hi, Sheila. And Dr. Jetta Lejeune. Nice to see you all again. And uh, we have Scott here erickson here who honestly you guys i've started following so religiously i I know we shouldn't say the word religious when we're talking to you (laughs)
1: That's
0: (laughs) but you are such an amazing presence on social media man congratulations
1: wow thank you i
0: love your posts i love the authenticity of the ideas that you bring and your drawings are incredible well thank
1: you for the comments on that because i on Instagram because I hated Instagram like three years ago. Really? Yeah, because it just felt uh, like it fed my narcissism. I don't know. It's just like here's my pizza. It just and my <laughs> I saw my wife. She has a uh, she's a food blogger, and I saw her doing some really specific things and having success in it. And so I had to step back and go, what? Do I want from this? And I, uh, the, the engine that really drives it is like, how could I give a gift to an audience? And yeah, So that you feel that yes. Yeah, so as very a person who. So you know, it. now that you can have other person, you know, I have another account which is my own life, which is just pictures of my kids. So friends who live in other places can see my kids. Yeah. Uh, but uh, or you know whatever I'm doing. But remodel yes, of a re- remodel, remodel of a of kitchen. kitchen. <laughs> oh my goodness. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, but for like my account, Scott the painter, uh, it's specifically I'm trying to do uh spiritual formation through image contemplation I so. really dig it and that, that I feel really like grounded in that and that's a so it just it's a wonderful um it's a wonderful time I guess in yeah that, in that I'm mm-hmm. having like we were talking before I, I'm having to make some adjustments I've been traveling too much my daughter one time was like you're going away again you know oh, and those are the words yeah. yeah. so yeah next year I was like you know what um just m- no more than twice a month and uh yeah and also like I've I've also all that said I felt like very kind of lonely in the last season and I wonder if it's just because everybody thinks I'm gone all the time mm-hmm. and so when I'm home everybody people don't even know like, I got my one of my best friends was like I don't I just check your Instagram stories to see if you're around or not <laughs> oh, my God. totally this, uh, this this um
0: this topic really occurs to me right now because um, we come in on Monday. I love spending the time with you too. It fills my heart with so much joy. Uh, it feeds me through Tuesday and the other day of recording that I do for other clients. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm really alone in my office. I'm doing a lot of the meetings and the marketing. Mm-hmm, and the. Mm-hmm. And I notice my my buzz factor of feeling that enormous connection even though I am talking to a 1,000 people a day. Mm. I feel lonely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like I've started to go like I must go meet a friend for a drink on a Thursday night. I yeah. must do a walk with a friend on a Friday morning. This These are the things I start to see mm-hmm. about myself. Mm-hmm. And I think winter in the Northwest only exacerbates it. Yep right yeah totally i mean we have this this like gray slate over thing that doesn't really suggest hey come outside and party yeah Mm -hmm. and you really do get less serotonin through your you know eyeball yeah Mm -hmm. and the dark
2: suggests that it's nighttime even though it gets dark at 4 30 or yeah right so you just i mean you like i know a lot of people who they're driving to work and it's dark and they drive home and it's dark Mm right and all the signals say it's time to shut down and yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And
3: I really like how you said that, Sheila, because you're making this distinction that I think is really important for us, that it doesn't seem to be about how many people you're interacting with. Right. That mm, makes no. the difference. It seems to be. Is there at least one person you're connected with? Right. In a given time. Right. And so, uh, like I know for me, if I'm going out and doing trainings, I can be talking at 100 people. Right. And I can come home and feel incredibly. Lonely and yeah. disconnected, yeah. Yeah. versus just like me spending really quality time, even with my dog. Yeah, if, if I'm actually connected to this other critter that I love, um, it, it really makes a difference. So I think that's important for us to remind people of, you know, all the time that we're spending on Facebook and Instagram. That can help us connect, but it doesn't necessarily help us connect. Doesn't have it doesn't, ha- it doesn't mm. have the same meaty quality, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It really doesn't.
1: Yeah. Uh, I have many thoughts on this. Yay, uh, go. One is... (laughs) That's uh, why you're here, uh, and we love you. Four my thoughts. Um, So I... uh, When I go travel, um, it's a lot of standing in line, sitting in chairs in the sky, dealing with things, and then these really engaged moments, and then, like, alone in a hotel. And, and, And so when I get home, I'm very exhausted. And I found out that my rhythms are... Uh, When I get home, I'm tired. The next day, I'm really tired. The next day, I get low, Um, you know, depressive Mm -hmm, or just kind mm -hmm, of this mm -hmm. lowness. And so what I found that helps me is I need to get out of my head where all the narratives are and get into my body. Mm -hmm. So go on a walk, swim laps. There's this little lap pool by my house that sometimes I'll do uh, talk with a friend. Don't spend mm-hmm. all day by yourself. Yeah. Uh, eat nachos cause they're a doorway to love and, uh, something <laughs> just these things totally. and they really help me. Um, and yeah. so I think what we're getting to is, is going, uh, something often these feelings are a signal of something that your body's trying to tell you, which is, Hey, you just went, go, go, go. And it takes a while to kind of reset. Mm-hmm. And this is the low coming off of the high. Yeah. Um, and so I think there's that in learning a rhythms I I have this uh, picture in my studio that just fosters says foster that winter in you because winter mm. uh, is always a difficult season but it always I always produce like the best stuff like it mm. makes me get into everything mm. but about you know by February I'm like I want to put a you know I was like <laughs> everybody in the north wants to put a gun to their head like we haven't <laughs> seen the sun for 3 to 3 months and Yeah. <laughs> So there's like, how do you have specific uh, rhythms and practices that go? How do I engage? Even yesterday, uh, I just was like, I know there's like a ton of dishes and a homework project, all these things. And I was like, I just need to go on a walk for a little bit. Uh-huh. And so I took my youngest son and we just went on a walk, even though it, was, it wasn't rainy, but it's cloudy and cold. But it just felt good to just get out and move. Yeah. <laughs> I think the other thing though that you're alluding to and that I don't know if or or that maybe you're speaking of this has happened to me is and I'd love feedback from all of you is um is part of our aloneness really that is because we haven't fostered uh, a relationship with our alone self and mm-hmm. it feels like a bit of a stranger Be- in, a, in a culture filled a with so question. much distraction when we really get by ourselves, it's like oh I'm sitting with a stranger which is me yeah and um. and I've I've actually been spending some time with that to go why don't I like being with me what's so difficult about just sitting with myself that is so good do you have any thoughts or experiences or uh on that um
3: yeah one of the things I I think is most important. I do this all the time in my therapy work. I do it in my own life as well is consider what kind of a relationship you want to have with yourself. Hmm. Like if you think about the person that you are hanging out with the most, it's, it's you. Like I hang out all the time with my partner. You know, we live in a tiny house. We work in the same place. We have a lot of time. (laughs) Um, but even with him, I spend more time with me than I spend with him. And yet so few of us just consider, like, how do I want to be in my relationship with myself? And who is this person that I am relating to? What do I like about her? What what does she like? And that taking that kind of perspective of seeing yourself as a person that you have a relationship with, I think, can be pretty transformative for yeah. people. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool.
2: Yeah. I think sometimes people... People have this idea that being alone with themselves m- means just being alone with your mind. Yeah. And, mm. and, uh, if, if the brain is if if the mind is more of a master than a servant <laughs> then it's like uh, i'm not sure if mm-hmm. i'm going to like what my mind tells me yeah, and yeah. and a lot of people are pretty self-critical so i don't want to spend a lot of alone time with a master in my head who's mean to me mm. yeah like that doesn't sound good so it sounds much better to be distracted stimulated yeah. a lot of times people talk about you know i've i've got to be You know, the last thing I do before I go to bed or fall asleep, decide to try to start falling asleep, is to turn my phone off. But they're on the phone getting stimulated, Mm, you know, swiping Mm -hmm. and scrolling and all of that sort of thing. Because if I have a quiet moment, then look who's here. So I think this idea of fostering Mm -hmm. the relationship with self that's more compassionate And that is held a little more loosely, especially the stuff upstairs Uh, and being a little more in your body. I love what you said about that, getting out of your head and sort of into your body. And again, with the winter, with it being cold and wet and dark, uh, at least for me, a lot of the times that I'm most connected with my physical self is when I'm outside outside doing things or yeah. being in nature. Mm-hmm. And that's just harder to do when it's not bright and semi-warm until 9.30 or 10 o'clock.
3: <laughs> yeah, <tonight>. totally. totally. <laughs> you know, you, actually, um, so... I shared with Sheila last week. I just got back from a week-long silent meditation retreat, which Look was at you. I know, oh. right? Oh. Uh, and that, <laughs> well, well, it actually is super interesting, Brian, because what you said about being alone with your thoughts. I will tell you, after being silent for a week with my thoughts, yeah. there, like that is. Hard shit yeah. to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It yeah. is hard. Yeah. And one of the things that I realized, and yeah. not always very pleasant, in fact, most of the time not pleasant, but one of the things that I realized is that I think you're um, speaking to is I am not actually my thoughts. Mm. So at this That's retreat, right. there was like the me that I was having a relationship with. Mm-hmm. And then there's this like thought machine that's up there that's oftentimes <laughs> yeah. kind of annoying. Yeah, Your administrative assistant. Right, but she's not going to go away. She's just going to kind of be up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that isn't what you have a relationship with. You have a relationship with yourself, mm-hmm. which is bigger than your thoughts. Yeah, that's right. That's a, that's right. I, exactly. love that. exactly. I love
2: that. You know, the other thing about being by yourself is, and imagine a week of being quiet, is uh, getting bored. And I think people just, I mean, I know that I don't particularly like the feeling of being bored yeah. and, um, our phones, you get a little bored. You just say hi to like 40 people and see yeah. who's going to say, <laughs> <hello> <laughs> just like, hello, 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 you know, and then you're like, Oh good. Okay. I'm, I'm not alone. And, uh, and you know, just having some space to, I remember hearing somebody talk about this in the context of mindfulness and mm-hmm. silence is finding out what's on the other side of bored. right? Mm. Like you get bored yeah. and it's not just this like endless vast yeah. expanse of mm-hmm. boredom. It's like bored and then there's something on the mm-hmm. other side of bored. And I think most people mm-hmm. are like, what the hell are you talking it's about? Like I've any never any been on the urge. other side of that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like
3: any other urge. It just sort of, and and very quickly, at least for me, kind of goes away. And then there is some very interesting stuff on the other side of boredom. Um, Scott, you know, I was reading this article that, that now the
0: new play in Silicon Valley is that they're going to get rid of restaurants and go direct to the consumer, that there will be a big place where all the meals are made and that everybody will just have their fancy meals sent to their home. And I was like, if we're not careful as human beings, we're going to completely eliminate every place of gathering yeah and i honestly believe that's why you're becoming so popular is that people Mm -hmm. are becoming more and more hungry for real gathering Mm -hmm. like you know when you can have all of your uber eats delivered right to your door and netflix allows you to entertain yourself all weekend long and you can get all of your books online it's like there is a way in which we're creating an atmosphere that we don't even have to go outside yeah and it feels to me like it's deadening our spirits. Yeah. I mean, if, if anybody asked me what's my guess about what's causing an increase in the youth suicide rate, I would say that. Yeah. I would say that, that, mm-hmm. that isolating that people mm-hmm. are doing without even
3: realizing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like your word gathering. Mm -hmm. That does seem to have that quality of what I think that you're doing, Scott, around like creating gathering for people. And that's just that's like this ancient something that is in our DNA that Mm -hmm. we need to be able to do. But we've lost so many of these places and traditions and rituals to enable us to do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My there's so many things that are stirring my head. But to go with that. Uh, here's my definitions for spiritual, spirituality, and religious. You know, like with these words we use a lot. Spirituality is the process of making what's invisible visible, mm. and then religion, or is uh, the rhythms, rituals, practices we base around that visibility. Mm. So I, uh, so yeah, like with this thing I'm doing called Say Yes there's people who are like I'm in New Zealand I can't make it to one of your shows uh, although we're talking about New Zealand but like <laughs> so they're like do you have it videotaped I'm like yeah but mm. I do but like a big part of it is being there mm-hmm. and and there's this like I definitely it is videotaped and I'm working on editing that and putting it out there but it, like there because it's it'll be like over a year and a half that I've been doing it but I will it'll be like I I really want you to come because it's about being there with because with other people participating and these things and that's and that's what we really want is this kind of I, I want to create like in a way like a weird ritual mm-hmm. uh, you know which is even though it's like storytelling and stuff but it's it's about being there and that's way more interesting right mm-hmm. than um, just watching something on a screen yeah. although the content can be helpful which is which is also, a consideration is like, how do I get helpful com, com, uh, content out to a larger audience? But I was like, I don't want to bypass the actual experience because maybe just being there is more of the experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, and I think that you've maybe all have read this but I just recently finished uh, Johan Hari's book called Lost Connections have you read Ooh, this book? No I'm writing what, it What am down. I bringing something new? Yes. Oh my gosh Yeah That's uh, so awesome I heard a talk of his and it was he. it was a talk It's you know if you look on podcasts you just say like why we're the loneliest society mm-hmm. and, it, and he did a TED talk and stuff but he spent three years um, researching why we what happened how do we have depression like what leads to depression so he found nine kind of catalyst for that. Two are biological, seven are environmental. Wow. And so his premise is like, yeah, he's like, uh two are biological. And yeah, there is some things going on in our body, in our biology, in our heads. But he's like the main, and you were speaking you're alluding to this, the main narrative that your your brain chemistry is off and you just need to take a pill is not True. True. <laughs> uh, and it's mostly a narrative uh, produced by Big Pharma. Because uh-huh. in testings, placebos work almost just as well as the antidepressants. Mm-hmm. He won't say – and he says, look, antidepressants do work for some people. They're not a long-term solution. They work for a little bit, and then they eventually they go away. So he's like, really, what the real problem is is – these lost connections that mm-hmm. we've had. Connections yeah. with people, connections with a hopeful narrative, connections with environment, connections with uh jobs, work that's meaningful, all of these things. And it's all about like how do we reconnect. Mm. And mm. so I think uh I feel
0: like doing that thing they do in poetry. Yeah, so when I you're know. and he references a lot when <laughs> yeah, you're speaking to totally, that about yeah. Scandinavian ways of handing, <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. yeah, he
1: gives lots of different uh stories and scenarios about that. And so I think there's also uh just in in such in my own small way, it was like, uh, I could write all the stuff down for you, but really like come and connect mm-hmm. to totally, those. yeah. And that's and that's really what I want to help make.
2: And I think you know, I appreciate that. I've been to I've been to your show mm-hmm. and twice um, twice. Mm-hmm. I know I'm a groupie. <laughs> um, Terrible, uh, and it is. It's it's not just standing there and watching you. It's a participation thing. Yeah. It's an engagement thing. And and I think of it in a couple of different ways. One is. Uh, th- particularly for spiritual formation or spiritual content, there's a lot of people who don't really have much interest in walking into a church these days. Yeah. For them, the ratio of baby to bath water is just not right. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> That's so
3: great. and
2: That's they're yeah, baby Jesus. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. but the, but the ratio is not great. And they're just like, yeah, I don't want to go there. There's, there's too many, it triggers too many things for yeah. me. And, and I got a lot of baggage And so what they default to is I'll read a book, I'll listen to a podcast, I'll watch a YouTube video, and you get content, but you don't get community, you don't get gathering, you don't get shared experience. And I think of it like as a sports fan, I will watch my Oregon Ducks on TV, I'll watch a football game. Mm -hmm. But it's an entirely different experience Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when you actually drive down, tailgate,
3: Tailgate.
2: go to (laughs) Autzen Stadium... (laughs) Do all the cheers, do all the songs, and frankly, sometimes you miss plays. You don't see Mm -hmm. the content Mm -hmm. as well as if you were at home watching it and seeing the replays. And in many ways, if you're reading a book, you have a lot of time to highlight and make notes in the margins. Mm -hmm. But it's a different experience to experience with people in community, in your body, than just this... uh, That's why solo experience,
0: you know, uh, on the flip side of the loneliness epidemic and the increased suicide rate among young adults, you do see this huge interest in experiences that Mm -hmm. that 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 is what people are spending their money on. Mm -hmm. They don't care about a car. They don't really care about having a big house. They want this experience. And so I'm so grateful to you for kind of figuring that out.
1: Uh, Well, you're welcome. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's what I want to go to too. Right. I mean, you, a lot of times creating, um, as an artist, a good question is like, what are you looking for? That's what are you looking for when you go to look at art or go to experience something? That's probably what you should be making. And so there was like this, I want to witness a weird magical funny but deep and honest conversation on certain subject matter and so that's what I'm attempting to do I I you know we because we were talking about before uh, before even the sitting like let c- could we talk about suicide or that narrative yeah. um, and I think there's many many factors and you all know as uh, Doctors and smart people uh, of there could be traumatic experiences and those kinds of things too. But I think also that it's just what and what it was in this lost connection book that it corroborated something that I intuitively was like you know is there a rise in mental health or is our just society becoming like sicker and sicker and more and more people are like, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to live in this culture. And that's mm-hmm. what a number mm-hmm. of authors are kind of mm-hmm. saying, mm-hmm. you know, where we were, were like, even in lost connections says like, we have these sick values. Like he's like, you look at thousands of years of philosophers and they'll tell you that, uh, there's no satisfaction in wealth and success. Like the, the deep, you know, intrin- yeah. intrinsic things you want. And yet, our whole narrative on social media or, uh, in our society is like, that's actually going to fulfill you. And you know, when Anthony Bourdain killed himself last year, I, that really shook me up because in some ways I was like, isn't that the goal? Mm -hmm. Isn't that why you're working hard is that you not as a chef, but you kind of want something like that. Mm -hmm. And if, and if his conclusion is I don't want to be here either like Mm -hmm. that, it made me really have to go, well, what, is uh, what are you wanting from this, and what what keeps you going? And so, I wonder if, like, uh, from my experience and talking with people, is uh, is a number of things. But um, we could start with the religious side. Uh, one of the things I address in the show is just like, uh, uh, maybe I don't say it this way, but I'll say this from my own thinking about it: is that I think suicide is really tough for organized religion because it confronts the product base. A pitch that religion mostly relies on, which is if you get this thing, your life will get better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to use metaphor, I'll be like, look, I've had I have Jesus in my heart, but it doesn't necessarily mean I haven't want my heart to stop working uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it because it it wasn't it's not the solution in that way. I mean, like there are other things that I needed to address, but to go this belief system is a catch all to uh a lot of things from chemicals to environment to narratives I tell myself like there's other things that I have to pay attention to and work on but often in the religious communities we just go that's that's the answer to everything and it's like it's uh no it's not actually it's it's not I mean like there's a there's a deeper I think there's a deeper conversation of identity that is at the core of most of our conversations that I think that speaks to. And, and that's where it's really helpful, but, um, it, it isn't another way. So I think that is, uh, one of the things that that's why I think organized religion isn't really giving us anything right now in this conversation. Um, cause it's afraid of it. And then, um, and then I think also maybe there are there are a number of things. I'm not it, I'm not on teen hot suicide hotlines. This is just from my own experience. But I think there's some things where it's like I I wonder if uh, people who are alive and younger than me are going. What kind of future is there actually oh, for, for me? sure. There's yeah, the narratives just, of like the just, world the earth is spinning in a is going in a traumatic way into worse and worse and there's nothing we can do about it so what does my future look like yeah mm-hmm. uh you know like what are the economics and the things like is there a way to have uh, a job that's fulfilling and what is that there's yep. so much and mm-hmm. un- un- unknowns so there's and and i think just even the imagined opportunities of becoming an adult are very few and uninteresting, and so there is no invitation into getting older that there mm-hmm. that anybody's interested in. Yeah.
0: Did you yeah, do you well guys ever put. read Humans from New York? That great. Yeah. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, there was a young kid, you know, how they always kind of do their spiel, and then they put the picture on, and his whole spiel was, I think I've figured out adulthood and after about the age of 17, your life really sucks because that's when you have to (laughs) really crack down. You're supposed to get into a good college. And then the point is get the good job that, you know, traps you in a cubicle for the rest of your Mm, life. I mean, you, you adults think that this is something I want and, and, Every adult on that page was like, yeah, kid, you kind of figured it out. And I was like, wait, we need better role models. You know, we need artists and writers and people who have figured out how to live meaningful lives, Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. Kim Kardashian lives. Yeah. Yeah. We're also.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think that's true. Like I remember the only time I worked at a corporate office, I worked at this uh Well, I worked at a design agency, you know, it was like casual hipster corporate, but like business casual dress was at this. uh, I worked for World Vision, a wonderful nonprofit, really large. I worked for their headquarters in the U.S. And uh, I remember like all of a sudden I had a commute and I had to be in traffic. And then I went (laughs) to this ugly ass Uh, cubicle land that I hated. And I remember talking to my managers just being like, oh. Something about that, like the commute was off And he goes, "Well, welcome to adulthood." And I was like, nope. "No, uh,
0: no, uh, uh, uh. I was like yeah. a
1: version of adulthood. Yeah, there are right. there are other amazing adulthoods to be lived in." And yeah. so I think uh, a conversation about like what actually could, like I have a great adulthood. Me
3: too. We're this here is the too. best totally.
1: time. We're of here my on life. a Monday. Just sitting, right. talking. Yeah.
0: This is great. I know. Right. I know. I know. I just, oh. I, I really think part of of the responsibility of adults is yeah. to say like you, this this prescribed thing that mm-hmm. you're getting around what adulthood is supposed to look like is just a tiny sliver of the possibilities.
3: There is not, one track. Yeah. There no. is not totally. one track. There is not one
1: track. Yes, there's not one track. And so I think uh, giving, uh, giving a vivid imagination to uh, teenagers or young adults to go, actually adulthood can be really dynamic. And totally. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of things. But but also understand, and here's another thing that I've started speaking to a little bit. Um, it's actually in my talk that I'm doing on Thursday in Austin, but is, uh, uh, doesn't reality feel a little bit boring? Um, because, <laughs> like... Um, you know, the, there's two things I always get asked in adult conversations is, one, what's your Enneagram number? And then two... <laughs> you have interesting uh, friends. And then two, what are you watching right now? Yeah. And oh, there's God. lots so. to watch. There's endless content. Yeah. Um, But I was like, uh, you know, and I do watch things and I enjoy things. But also, um, I feel like by watching so much, what happens is our real lives don't... F- Always have a great narrative arc, like an eight episode series. Right. Yeah. And I, uh, I'm not a superhero. If you picked me up and mm-hmm. threw me against a brick wall, I wouldn't bust the bricks, get up, dust off, and then start again. I'd nick my elbow on a table and I'm out for the day. You know what I'm saying?
2: <laughs> <laughs> and so
1: I've, you know, in the name of entertainment, I'm being, uh, I'm being pitched, I'm mean, being incepted an idea of what I should expect yeah. my life to oh, be and it never meets up yeah. to production companies, what they can right. create Yeah, no doubt. and so I wonder if we're like, you know it's like death by paper cuts, we're building into this like, man life feels really uneventful mm-hmm. and boring mm-hmm. and so, um my own practice. And I love what you said earlier, Brian, like I was freaking out. Like I want to get my journal and write this down (laughs) about spending time with ourselves, but maybe not spending time with like, we can spend time with our minds and Mm -hmm, we should, but we can mm -hmm. also spend time with our bodies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, I have certain things. Like one thing is like, whenever you find yourself in a situation, just try to hear every sound that's going on. Exactly. Like pay attention to every single thing you can hear from the, the birds outside to hum, you know, uh, maybe clicking a watch uh, a clock you know just and then all of a sudden you see how dynamic everything is right at the same time Mm. there's there's uh, great spiritual practices like Thich Nhat Hanh who's a Vietnamese Buddhist monk he has this thing called uh, interbeing and he says Mm -hmm. look if you look at a piece of paper can you see the cloud in the paper Mm -hmm. because it takes clouds to produce rain and rain to fall to grow trees so can you see the cloud can you see the sun in the paper because it takes sun to shine it grows all things can you see the logger in the paper because it takes a person to like cut it down and take it can you see the yeah. logger's parents because it takes two to make a thing go right? You know, and so it's like if you if you pay attention, you look at the this behind the this, you'll see that there's an interbeing in all things. That's right. Yeah. And it's that kind of focus and attention that you go, oh, wow, I don't need to know what Captain America is doing
2: because life is interesting right, right. now. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think when we were all saying, hey, like, I love my adult life. Look at us on a Monday doing a podcast. Yeah. And then you're going to Austin on Thursday. And I think there are people listening who are like, Yeah, screw you guys. I have a nine to five job. I had a 45-minute commute. <laughs> yeah. And what we're talking about is the magic in the mundane instead yeah. of the tyranny yeah. of the totally. mundane. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well it's you know, great. I have a friend who's, I mean, just fabulous who, you know, if she was, if everyone was staring at the Eiffel Tower and taking pictures of the Eiffel Tower, she would be pointing down at a crack in the sidewalk saying, Look at that flower. Mm-hmm. And taking a picture of that. And yeah. there's enough of that beauty. Beauty and enough of the magic of life in the mundane yeah. that if you tune into it in a piece of paper or the sounds of the gravel on my tires when I pull out of my driveway yeah. or whatever, I will have a cup of coffee some mornings and click on CNN or I get a cup of coffee and I sit out on my little balcony and just feel the temperature difference of the outside from the inside mm-hmm, and watch a little bit of the colors of the sky as they change when the sun is coming up.
0: Do you wanna know something? I was so into what you were saying that I blew past my appointment.
2: <laughs> and so
0: I am going to say, um, if you love this podcast, please continue the conversation and uh, check out our sponsor at the Foundation for Excellence in Mental Health Care. And then I'm gonna let you guys continue the talk. Oh, fantastic.
1: All, All
3: right. right. Okay.
0: Well. Yeah. yeah yeah wow this has not happened
1: this has not happened
0: we're, you've never gone over hostless.
3: hostless no okay.
1: we're, going hostless. we're going rogue we're going rogue we're going rogue well man. we can really go anywhere oh, I love it. um <laughs> yeah uh, you know and i think with the the commuting thing yeah where people go well you don't understand this is what i'm doing it's like well what agency do you have in commuting mm-hmm. like i had a commute from vancouver to portland for a while and I started riding a bike. It took longer. It hurt. Uh, <laughs> I got s- sweaty. But I, I tried that, and then I tried riding with friends or riding with other people, like. Yeah. There, there's so many built-in assumptions of, like, this is the only way to do it. It's like, okay, you have to get to work. What are all the imagined ways you could get to work that you probably didn't think about? Mm-hmm. might take longer, but what if they became more dynamic? You and know, even,
3: even just starting with the work part, like so many people make this assumption that I have to have a particular job that makes a particular amount of money because I have to buy a particular yeah. house and yeah. have particular car and all of this stuff. And there's this actually fantastic book called Your Money or Your Life. And it's it takes you through this re- Do you know this book?
1: It's it's an older book. It's right? older book. Yeah, it's an older much book. Much older. I totally have it. It's I've read such it. It's a great <laughs> book. It's a great book. Yeah. And yeah. it just
3: kinda takes you through this intentional process about not that material things are are bad, but no. it does mean that if I have the bigger house or the fancier car, it means I'm going to have to have a particular job. Yeah. And if I choose not to have that stuff, then I have a little bit more leeway in how I spend my time about yes. earning money. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. So, I'm. Bl- I've never met anybody. reference that go. book. That's it's amazing. It's a great class. <laughs> it is, is magical. It's a magical yes. mo- moment. Magical moment. <laughs> yeah. Even in uh, the Saint Francis, the legend of Saint Francis, like uh, when he had this transformational experience and he. Uh, his dad brought him to court because he owed him a debt and it said that he took off all his clothes and gave it all back to him. And it's like, here's all my money. Here's everything you've ever given me. I I don't uh, you can have it if that's what you want. You can have it. And he walked out of the courtroom naked and he chose a vow of poverty because he was like, in order to be free in the world, this is the one thing that I know I need to specifically choose not to have and so he chose this way because he was like I want to be free in the world and this is going to be my greatest hindrance and Mm -hmm. that's not the path for everybody and you know because like even I read a couple books about him, and I was like, you know, they would beg and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, so this that baker had to get up at 3 a.m. and bake <laughs> right, bread, right? Right, So that somebody could buy it and then give some of that to the beggars. Sure. Like, it right. takes people in, to do things in society and stuff like that. But you're exactly right. It's like, what is the premise of why you're doing all these things? Yeah. And, and so you can, there's more than one path. There's more than one path. You can, you can have a fantastic way of being if you're okay with being thrifty and not competing with the Joneses and all these kinds of things. You yeah. can
3: even appreciate your 45 minute commute in traffic if you see it as a choice and that's part of the problem is that people are not seeing oh I actually am choosing to have this commute because I want to have this or be able to do that Mm -hmm. with my life Mm -hmm. and then that sense of choice in our life at least gives us a a sense of agency and some flexibility oh i could choose something different if i want and right now i'm choosing this Mm
2: -hmm. yeah and sometimes you're choosing what you're doing and as i was saying before when the person's listening saying i have my nine to five job and my 45 minute commute we do get to choose how we see things absolutely we get to We get to choose—you know, when I'm at the grocery store, I can either think about how enormous it is and how there's too many spots on the aisle dedicated to laundry detergent and be irritated by that and uh, the lines at the checkout stand, or I can sort of notice all the humans that are in the building with me and imagine what their days and their lives have been like and what they are going Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. and how— this is kind of, I know it sounds a little strange at a, at a grocery store, but just kind of like, it's kind of a magical gathering of people buying the sustenance.
1: Oh yeah. I've, i we, I've traveled, been traveling a lot, so I fly a lot and, um, look, delayed flights are annoying. Oh. I've had a consistent like Sunday night getting, I'm like, I'm going to be home at six and I get home at like 12 cause my flight's delayed and it's really lame, but, uh, I was just on a flight and uh, we made it and we were talking, but but I was like, uh, I was talking to these people. I was like, look, there's it take there's seven million pieces in this plane to make it work. <laughs> and if one of them goes wrong, basically what they're saying is like, hey, we're going to have to delay you a little bit. Because you won't die today, uh, so we're sorry. Uh, in order to do this right. trip, we're gonna it's gonna we're gonna make ask you to wait another hour because we're gonna get you there without dying. And then the trip we're doing two hundred years ago uh, would have taken you a month. Some people would have like died on the mm-hmm. way. Uh, you know yeah. Like, yeah. exactly. You might have like. Right. You ever play
2: that game, the Oregon Trail? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we <laughs> don't have to do that because like, of this. Play. <laughs> the
1: fact that all of this is happening is amazing. The fact that you check. In a bag, and then you go, you stop in a town, and then you go to another. I do a lot of, because uh, I'm on Southwest, a lot of layovers. And then you get another town, and then this bag emerges out of a hole in the right. wall. Mm-hmm. Hours later, across the world, you're like, right?
2: What? That's fantastic. <laughs> but we just
1: get used to it and be like, yeah, but it took longer than it used to. Yeah, my
2: Uber Eats was supposed to be here three minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, exactly. going,
3: going back to this idea about having a relationship with yourself. Oh yeah. I also think th- that is an important part of this because you know I'm thinking about I'm I am aware of the privilege that all, I think all three of us are talking from about t- taking flights and commutes mm-hmm. and all of this stuff, mm-hmm. and there certainly is privilege in that and I'm thinking about you know the mom who's working three jobs to put food on the table for her kid and one thing that like even that person gets to do is pause and notice who she is Mm -hmm. as she's Mm -hmm. doing what she's doing and what it's in the service of like being able to pause and just have appreciation for yourself of I'm doing this as a way to care well for my kids. That's right. And so even if there is no magic in the people that are in the McDonald's line, Mm -hmm. you you have this relationship with yourself that you can appreciate what I'm doing is in the service of something bigger than me, more important than just me. It's in the Mm -hmm. service of my values. And that may be caring well for your kids or the environment or whatever it is. And that may
2: change your experience of absolutely. what you're doing. And if it doesn't, it changes your willingness to feel frustrated, your willingness absolutely. to worry, your yep. willingness to be inconvenienced. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And then you have less distress about your distress.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's, uh,
1: yeah. I think paying attention. So I was at, the, where was I? I don't even remember. Uh, I think actually Austin. I was waiting for the car rental. And uh, and it was this really long line because I chose the cheapest one, so everybody else did. And then uh, so I'm standing in line, and I'm in front of me is this kind of really elderly man who kind of keeps looking at me like he wants to chat, and I'm like, I'm tired. Please don't. I don't want to talk. Don't. I just want to listen to music or something. <laughs> it's when you start. But popping. I started to. Yeah, I started. I took out my headphones and I engaged with him, and we chatted. And the long story short is, we talked about what he was doing, what I was doing, and then. And then, right at the end, before we got to the ticket counter, he started talking about what he had done in his life. This man had invent he had been on the NASA Apollo programs to get to the moon. He was like a scientist oh who had who was a part of the <laughs> Apollo program. And then he spent the rest of his career. He was like, I just was helping. Uh, and this is like, a, a, hmm. he was in his early 80s, but he was like, I've I've been helping with like the Mars stuff like figuring out how to wow. get to Mars and stuff. And then that was it and I was like I just met
2: a man <laughs> right? from history, right? <laughs> right?
1: Who I could have easily dismissed right. like and it was a good lesson of like you don't know who is around Absolutely. you and the amazingness that's involved well, and it just took paying attention going, okay, I can yeah. listen to this song later what about this person? yeah you know. yeah
2: it threatens the idea of what is signal and what is noise yeah you know it's not like i had to take a plane to go to austin it's like i had to go to austin to have this conversation mm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. totally yeah and what's that you, that saying about the person you know who notices the, the person on the plane feeling really irritated and upset about you know there's no place to put my bag and yeah. when's the steward coming by so i can get my drink and all yeah. that and it's like you know the person's heading off to hawaii or whatever and it's like dude if if you're this upset <laughs> yeah. on the plane the beach ain't gonna save you no oh, no that's so true <laughs> that's so true yeah. All right. Well, hey, um, we don't have a host. so that's okay. Yeah, we, we do. Really his name's of- Brian. Oh, Yeah, stop Brian, it. here we go. So, hey, thanks for listening to Beyond Well, and uh, check us out on all of your platforms. I don't really know how to wrap this up, but uh, that's okay, because next week we'll have Sheila doing it. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, Scott. Yeah, thanks, great being Scott. here.
1: Great hanging right, with you guys. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye. <laughs>